certainly have fears that there is a serial killer at loose in Perth. Sarah Spears, Jane Rimmer, Kira Glennon. And every time you saw a young girl walking by, you think, oh God, is she going to be the next victim? Now, one man stands accused. If police are right and Edwards is the Claremont serial killer, he's been hiding in plain sight for 20 years. More than a thousand fibres were found in Jane Rimmer's hair. Today, court heard about those that are critical to the prosecution case. Natalie Bongiolo, Tim Clark and forensic scientist Brendan Chapman with you today. So Tim, this was a bit of a staggering number to hear, a thousand fibres in Jane's hair alone. Yeah, that's that's right Nat and uh, it illustrated a little bit what we've been talking about the last couple of days about the, 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 the minute and minuscule work that the, the, the Cam Centre guys have done on this case over the over the many many years, um, and 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 this was, as you say, from Jane's hair mass that was teased and tweezed, and and having been in storage for thirteen years, we must um, remind people. Um, but once it was out of storage, and um, pulled apart, literally um, placed into five um, different areas, and then examined in many many different ways: poly light, um, shaking. Um, several levels of, of microscopy. And then today we also heard that there was a wash and filtration system as well. And through all of that, over 1,000 fibres were um, discovered, spotted, found, placed on slides and placed in the database. It, that, that number was so large that Rhys Powell from the Camp Centre, who was continuing his evidence today, said that they had to basically start again when it came to numbering them all because they couldn't go over a three-digit number um, which would illustrate probably or possibly how rare it is to get this many fibers off one exhibit but they did Um, and then they boiled them down eventually after Mr Edwards was arrested to these it's 22 critical fibers in Jane's case from the more than a thousand that, that they found but that obviously meant that every one of those more than a thousand had to be individually labelled, looked at, and then compared to everything else, which again goes to illustrate exactly why maybe they built this database around the macro exhibits. Because to do that by hand or by eye would we'd probably still be waiting for them to finish the work now. <laughs> yeah, uh, Brendan, why could it be that uh, there were so many fibres found in this hair mass? Is it that ordinarily you wouldn't have a hair mass like this? Like if I was just to kind of spitball around um, a, a mass of hair as a as an exhibit or as a forensic item, I suppose that um, it certainly is a is a perfect receptacle for all sorts of microscopic um, evidence, be that fibres, be that pollen, be that. Um, dust which which can essentially be composed of foreign DNA um, because because hair is um, I suppose when you think about the surface area of a, a mass of hair there's, there's quite a lot of space for things to get caught there um, most hair has some sort of well hair will have some sort of natural oil content to it that's not to not to um, rule out hair products and things like that which can help um, things adhere to to um, the hair surface or the mass. So 
I'm not surprised by those numbers. Um, I'm not familiar with the, you know, whether that's normal or not, but it certainly does surprise me. Yeah, it just does seem like an extraordinary amount. And Tim, you mentioned this um, this process of wash and filtration, and this was a question asked by Justice Hall about how each individual fibre was found. Can you just tell us a little bit more about what um, Mr Powell had to say about that system? Yeah, um, I, we hadn't heard about this system, or certainly not in, in detail anyway. So after um, the hair had been teased and squeezed and, and, sh- and shaken, um, the scientists at the, at the chem centre decided to go one stage further to see if there was anything left. Um, and it, it, appe- it, it turned out that there very much was. So they placed the hair into different um, sections and then broke those sections down again. And it was a system called vacuum filtration. The way Mr. Powell described it was um, that the hair was was placed in a receptacle, washed through with detergent and water um, uh, in the receptacle where there was a um, filter, piece of filter paper um, to, there to catch any material that was washed through. Um, the Also, the, the, the fluid itself that had was washed through the here was was also kept um, and then on that what was left on that filter paper the solid material if you like um, was then um, dried out and then inspected again under the same microscopes and as um, Mr Powell described today um, several of the critical fibers that are now um, part of the prosecution case were found in this way mm. these are the gray polyester fibers that are said to come from Mr. Edwards's car, um, and, and and similar to the ones, also um, some of the ones found on on Kira as well, and also obviously similar to the ones found in Jane's hair via other methods. So um, the lengths again that 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 um, the guys at the Came Centre went um, through and went to 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 make sure that they didn't miss anything. Um, again that that illustrated um, uh, how far they were willing to go and, and did go. Yeah, because Brendan, you've spoken to us about the polylight and, and tweezers and the various ways that they can collect fibres. In terms of this filtration process, is this uh, par for the course or is this really something that they have done that has really pushed it forward in terms of capturing extra fibres? It's... Um, it's Probably not something that we use all the time, but I, I certainly have um, used that technique before to um, to kind of wash off. Um, I'm going to use the word debris, but it's certainly not in the, in the sense of something being uh, not not wanted or wasted. Basically, um, with things like filters, we can in 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 labs and throughout various different sciences um, there's a huge range of filters available to us that basically we can set the size of what we want to pass through them um, and we can we can get filters that are that ha- are so uh, non-porous I suppose that they can flow liquid through and actually trap molecules as small as DNA and proteins um, so we can scale that up obviously depending on what we're looking at catching so um, these 
these filter devices are not uncommon to forensics. Um, and I, I certainly have used them before, not in the um, in the case of a hair mass as such, but certainly have have done washings or what we would call washings um, in a post mortem situation. Um, I think it was hair, in fact, but it, it was still attached to a deceased person, where you can basically wash the hair, and as as they've talked about in court today, obviously, is to then catch everything that runs off and and use these filters essentially as a as a kind of I suppose to catch anything of a particular size um, and and larger. So it's not um, it's it's not a technique that's unheard of, but it's certainly not a, a hugely um, popular or not popular, but a, a regularly used technique. Yeah, uh, Tim. You said of the 1,000-plus fibres that they found in Jane Rimmer's hair, 22 of those uh, were critical. Mm-hmm. How many of these critical fibres did Reese Powell get through today? Well, we were on the very last one, Nat, um, when we wrapped up for the day at about 4 o'clock. Um, so, yeah, we, we went through one, as we've said, or warned some of the listeners. We did go through uh, everyone one by one today but a lot of that was very similar evidence because 20 of those 22 critical fibers um, attached to Jane um, were the gray polyester type fibers that um, the prosecution say were all um, from the car seat insert that particular part of Mr. Edwards's car and so the way that they've been doing it is that they introduce the fiber they introduce um, where it was found or what it was, where it was found, who found it, on what day, and then what process was done to find it. And then they go through the comparisons. Then they, they, they detail to the court when this fibre was identified, what then was it compared to in the database. And that is what is taking up much of the time is that those comparisons are detailed and then the photographs to go with those comparisons are detailed and so for instance with the with the 20 gray polyester fibers um some of them were compared to um other fibers found on kira for instance but most of them were just compared to um the sample fibers from mr edwards's car and so, yeah, that's that's what the bulk, the vast majority of the evidence was today, was going through those fibres one by one. And we are currently on the last one, um, and that is a, grew, a, a slightly different fibre. That's a blue-grey polypropylene fibre, which the prosecution says comes from the, the boot area of Mr Edwards's car. Um, and so that one, um, we, we, we didn't just didn't finish because there are a lot more comparisons that were done to that fiber because that is the only type of this fiber that it was found on any of the victims anywhere. Um, so it is it is literally unique, um, that one blue-gray polypropylene fiber. Um, so that would have to be compared to uh, many more things. And we think other styles and types of cars and carpet um, connected to the case to try and narrow it down right down to that is the only place it could have come from. Right. And so in that evidence, uh, 
did Mr. Powell say that this was a corresponding match? Yes, he yes. did. Um, that, that it was um, when they found this fibre and then found the car. Um, that the the comparison was run quite soon after they found the car. Actually, in in February 2017, Mr. Powell ran that comparison himself, um, and what they compared it to was. If you can imagine the, the, your back, the back seat of your car, when you fold it down to make more space in the boot, um, the, the carpet that was on the back of the uh, passenger side of that um, folded down boot, that was sampled compared to this um, one tiny single fibre found in Jane's hair. And that was said to um, correspond. Um, so that is um, what the prosecution says is proof. Um, that that is where in that fibre um, would have come from and could have come from. But as we mentioned yesterday, they will probably tomorrow spend some time um, disproving possibly other possible sources um, because there were various other samples of other cars and other carpets connected to the case sampled and then obviously a comparison would have been made. So that's what we'll um, hear about in the morning. Right. Brendan, in yesterday's podcast, Tim explained to us um, how Mr. Powell described a match or a corresponding fibre. And Tim told us that, um, you know, to the naked eye and to see the photographs, they look identical. Uh, Can you just talk to us about seeing an identical match and and how you match up fibres? Yeah, so the the word match is is an interesting word and, and... I have to admit, I, I kind of avoid using the word match because it does conjure an idea of something being completely unique and it, as in it's a match. It, it had to have originated from that source. And that's not necessarily the case. Um, it's, um, I kind of used a, a, an analogy to um, my students with regards to this, whereby... If you if you stand on an overpass of a freeway for two weeks and you collect uh, data or you, or you write down every colour, every make, every model of car that passes through, um, and you you have this huge data set after a couple of weeks of all these cars that have passed through, and then you can you know um, see another car and look at your database or your data and say, oh yeah, that's a match. It matches it. But what you don't know about are the cars that have never passed under that bridge, um, and so that's why we—that's why I don't like to use the word match per se. Um, but I also appreciate that when we're when we're talking in a courtroom, where we need to kind of convert our um, scientific terminology into something that a jury, or in, in this case, a, a judge, um, who I would respectfully not call a layperson, but um, we need to kind of convert it into a language that everyone can understand. And so match is the most um, is the most direct association, I suppose, you can make. But what's important to say is that is kind of the caveat that goes with that, which is, well, we've looked at X number of features, and that might be the colour, that might be how it's made, that might be the length, it might be the luster, all the sort of features that um, we can look at with regards to a fibre or any piece of evidence, and we can say on the basis of those features, it is a match. Um, And so that's 
kind of some of the nuances around that. Um, what that doesn't tell us is where where something originated from. We can say that two things are, are match on those characteristics, but we can't necessarily then infer further from that that well that came from therefore vehicle X or person Y, um, and that's where this then gets thrown to the jury or in this case um, a judge to weigh that up um, on the basis of that evidence and obviously all of the other associated evidence with the case um, because if it really was as simple as a match that's that's the source and this is what it is then we, we actually <laughs> probably wouldn't need juries and judges because, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it pretty much points the finger straight away. Yeah, it would be uh, cut and dry, wouldn't it? And I think uh, in terms of the layperson, yes, that is me, and I may be using the word match, but Tim, I think Reese Powell probably hasn't used the word match, has he? Or No, correspond. Correspond. Correspond is, <laughs> is corresponding... Uh, uh, items or properties is the word consistent of the week. Consistent with is another one we love to use. Consistent <laughs> yeah. with, yeah, yeah. So cor- correspond, similar, and differ. They're, they're the three. They're the, the the red light, green light, and amber light that uh, that Mr. Um, Powell has been has has been using. Um, and as I mean, we touched on it last night, and Brendan's exactly right that um, they could never. You could, you would think that the prosecution would never go as far as saying that is definitely from the car, mm. um, because you, you simply couldn't. Um, but uh, as Brennan's just again pointed out, there, this is a a portion of the of the evidence, a, a big portion, a crucial portion, but a portion nonetheless. And eventually, when we do get through all these different fibres and then get to get to the end of the prosecution case, it will then be brought all together, along with the DNA, along with the circumstantial evidence, along with the Telstra living witnesses, along with everything else that we've that we've that we've gone through in the, in the past five months, six months. You look at it and say. Yeah, you know, we, we we for instance, we had we we picked this car t- two years before Mr. Edwards was arrested. We've got Mr. Edwards's DNA, and then lo and behold, it w- it was that car that he happened to own at the times of the murders. That's what the prosecution will point to as the as the the many the many ducks that they are trying to to line up all in a row. Yes. So um, we know that there are, in this portion of the trial, there are 98 critical fibres mm-hmm. and you've told us that uh, 22 of those um, come from Jane and what they're being yep. compared to. Can you break down the rest of those uh, 98 fibres, who who they come from, where they come from and what they'll be compared to? Yeah, yeah. So yes, 22 from Jane, they're the ones we've, we've gone through in the last two days um 20 of those gray polyester which are said to come from the car seat insert that's the little the middle patterned portion of the the seats in the in that holden commodore the blue gray polypropylene which i just mentioned which is said to come from the car boot and the one blue polyester um which is said to come from um the telstra um pants and so they are that makes up the 22 in jane uh, from jane Two more of those blue polyester fibres were found on the shorts of the Karakata victim um, at, at two separate times, two separate tape lifts from those shorts, again from the Telstra pants, and 13 more of those um, uh, blue polyester um, fibres were then found actually in Mr Edwards's old car. Um, so, And then the rest 
of the critical fibers are all related to Kira. Mm. Um, 33 of the blue polyester fibers, the Telstra pants fibers, were found in her hair, allegedly. 11 um, further blue polyester fibers were found on her shirt. Um, that was done via scrapings done by the FBI in 1999, which were then placed in petri dishes, sent back to Australia, and eventually analyzed by the Chem Center. Then we've got um, grey polyester um, uh Again, grey polyester fibres similar to the ones found on Jane. Three of those were found in her hair, in, in Kira's hair, I should say. Now there were six, this is a new one, six blue non-delusted rayon fibres. They are said to correspond to the um, the shorts, um, the, the fabric used to make the Telstra shorts um, that Mr um, Edwards would have worn at the time. And then um, the last eight critical fibres are, a, a, again, a polypropylene of light, both light and dark coloration. And they are said to have come from the carpet in the cabin of the car, the, the footwells. Um, and they were also found in Kira's hair. So you can see all the various areas and all the various sources and all the various um, places that they were found. Um, and that took years and years and years. It's, it, it sounds pretty easy when you when you yeah. can sum it up in like three or two or three minutes. But that basically from well, nineteen ninety six when Jane's hair was first um, secured, ninety seven when Kira's hair and shirt were secured. We're looking at um, a trip to America, a trip to Canberra. Um, then back to Perth, three years' worth of work at the Chem Centre between 2009 and 2012 on Jane's hair, a similar amount of time and work on Kira's hair. That took them up to 2014 when they had a report to the police. Then you've got two-year gap until Mr Edwards was arrested, and then basically all that work is done again, but with source material this time from the Telstra pants and the Telstra shorts and the car brings us li literally up to weeks before the trial was due to start. Um, the Chem Centre was still doing that work. Then they were given a little extension on the deadline. They were still doing work up to right up to that deadline. And the report from the defence fibre expert was only sent across to the prosecution in December last year, in the middle of the trial. So, I mean, this fibre evidence spans so many years um, and or, and it comes down to 98 tiny, tiny little fibres um, found in, 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 in various bits over all those years. I mean, it's just extraordinary and painstaking work. And, and we've discussed, you know, just um, how the fibre evidence, it is actually quite dry to sit and, and listen to. Brendan, do fibre trials um, always go hand in hand with DNA evidence? And is, is one sort of, um, you know, gets more of the glory and is considered a little bit more sexy than the other? Oh, in, in my mind, the DNA is certainly sexier, um, <laughs> but I might be a little bit biased. Um, oh, I, I can't, I can't really speak for um, what what you call fibre trials per se, Nat. Um, but certainly any um, protracted 
homicide case um, does yield a huge amount of evidence that, that needs to be put um, to trial, uh, particularly if there's not a, a plea um, a plea deal taken or a guilty plea entered, um, and it does go to full trial. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one because I seem to recall people complaining about how boring the DNA <laughs> evidence was to listen to. You um, must be mixing up with someone else. Um, it, I'm sure. So I, I think it's just the nature of a lot of forensic science is that yeah. um, some of the work is incredibly painstaking and meticulous. Um, and if it wasn't, then we wouldn't be doing our, our job as forensic scientists um, correctly. So I think it's more a feature of the legal system. I'm going to pass the buck there um, and say that because we we have to, we really do have this burden of um, of proof and and of ensuring that everything we do is completely transparent. And with transparency, unfortunately, unfortunately comes um, some of the unsexiness. <laughs> and, and Tim, tell us, is Justice Hall? Um, you know, uh, handling this fibre evidence well? Um, as usual, Matt, he he's absolutely seems to be across it all, um, interjecting with questions when he when he, when he feels he, he needs to. Um, he, he's made a couple of asides um, to Ms. Barbara Gallo about how long it's going to take. <laughs> and, there was, and there was also another exchange at the end of today with Justice Hall, trying to get a, a, a guesstimate of how long it would take um, or no well the, the way he phrased it was um, how long Mr. Reese Powell will be with us um, <laughs> and then corrected himself by saying uh, I mean in terms of the trial not in terms of um, <laughs> in, in general in general terms so um, which was a, a bit of brevity at the end of a long day Miss um, Barbara Gallo has basically said she thinks Mr. Powell will be with, still with us this time next week, next Thursday, which he, which that's how long everything is going to take because there are other things that he will talk about after we've gone through every fibre. Um, so as Brendan said, I mean, it, it's cool. I mean, it's, it's forensic science for a reason. The exactitude is, is why it is so important and so valued in the criminal justice system um, and so relied upon in in, in some regards um, and the exactitude um, uh, means that sometimes it, it, it is um, you know not as sexy if that is the word of the day um, than maybe some of the emotional evidence emotional upset evidence we got at the start of the trial but um, it's 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 certainly um, certainly as important, it, probably more so, um, as Miss Barbara Gallo pointed out to me last week. Um, it's crucial, um, but you know, um, don't, don't don't expect to be entertained. <laughs> and what about Bradley Edwards' interest in this fibre evidence? Is he uh, taking notes as usual? Yeah, he certainly is. Yep, and and his lawyers, um, his defence team, is certainly taking uh, um, notice of those notes at the breaks um, uh, as well. Um, but uh, it's uh, as I say, there are there are a lot of very similar pictures, a lot of very similar words and phraseology. Um, um, but he's very much um, as engaged as he has been um, the whole whole way through. Certainly in in terms of of um, what he is writing and 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 obviously some observations that he's passing on to his solicitors who then pass them on to the barristers. Yeah.
Um, in terms of what's coming up next, uh, if I've done my maths correctly, then mm-hmm. 61 of these 98 critical fibres are in relationship to the fibres found on Kira Glennon in her hair mm-hmm. mass and her shirt. Uh, yep. Is that the next portion of the fibre evidence? Yeah, yeah. So we'll start, we'll make a start on that tomorrow, we think, but we won't get very far with it. We're not entirely sure whether we're going to sit tomorrow afternoon. We haven't been sitting Friday afternoons for the entirety of the trial. So and Justice Hall hasn't made any uh, mention of whether he's going to change that just to just to try and get through it. Um, uh, as I say, it's been a, it's been a long week. And mostly for Mr. Powell, who's mm. who's giving all this evidence. I mean, we have to acknowledge that he's been very clear, very um prosaic in the way that he's presented it it's, it's quite it's, it's easy to understand it might not be um essentially interesting to listen to sometimes but it has been very easy to follow um which is 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 why um uh, no doubt that the uh that the prosecution has, has sort of picked on him as their as one of their main fiber witnesses and um yeah and he, he'll he'll keep going um well, well into next week so so yeah um but we will we'll we will make a start on some of the fibres um, found on on Kira tomorrow, um, and um, and we'll be on them for for a few days to come. And he would he be the longest person on the stand by the time he's finished giving his, his evidence? It might well be that yeah. you're testing my thing there. I mean, you're <laughs> testing my memory there. Um, I mean, he did. He started on. Uh, he started on Tuesday, um, so sort of, uh, a full week, and then an, a, you know, almost mm-hmm. eight nine days on the stand. So he 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 he'll certainly be in the top five. I will have yeah. to. Um, <laughs> I'll have to consult my media colleagues to uh, to see whether he'll be uh, straight in uh, in at number one and uh, with a bullet as the <laughs> uh, as the longest Claremont witness. Well, he's being very stoic about it all. Thank you both so much for your company today, and thank you. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Tim and with Alison Fan, and we look forward to chatting with you then for day 74 of Claremont in Conversation. This podcast was produced by Kate Ryan and Alicia Preedy and recorded in the studios of Seven West Media. Audio files were provided from the archives of the Seven Network and the West Australian. Sign up for daily emails and all the latest on the Claremont trial at thewest.com.au. Enjoying this podcast? If the story behind the headline matters to you, then you can count on thewest.com.au to deliver. For more on Claremont the Trial, follow the live blog, watch the nightly news updates, and sign up for daily email updates at thewest.com.au. Subscribe now for just a dollar a day at thewest.com.au.